Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Growing up in Middle Tennessee was a fun place for nine-year-old Chloe and seven-year-old Gage. Their home was a farmhouse in a rural setting with lots of land to roam and play on. They were being raised by their grandparents who by all accounts loved and doted on the kids. Chloe and her younger brother Gage loved playing outside and riding on the family's gator all across the property. In fact, on Sunday, September 23rd, 2012, that's exactly what they were doing. The following day was a school day, so the kids played outside until around 6.30 p.m. when it began to get dark, and then they needed to go in and start their nighttime routine. A few hours later, that routine would be shattered. At around 9.30 p.m., the fire department received a call of a house fire. Chloe, Gage, and their grandparents' home was engulfed in flames. Firefighters struggled to put out the fire, and when they finally did, they found the remains of the grandparents, the family dog, and the family's pet bird. But there were no signs of the kids. At first, it was believed they must have perished in the fire. But after several days of experts coming in to search the debris, they found no sign of the children whatsoever. On September 26, 2012, an Amber Alert would be issued in the state of Tennessee. Chloe and Gage had disappeared, and to date, we still have no clues as to their whereabouts. Where are Chloe Leverett and Gage Daniel? Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast in another unsolved missing person case. Actually, unsolved missing persons as we have two children missing. These kids were just nine years old and seven years old when they disappeared. It's honestly so baffling to me that this case isn't talked about more as it has some similar elements to some other cases which did receive a lot of attention. The cases of the Sodder children out of West Virginia, and even the case of Laura Bible and Ashley Freeman out of Oklahoma. This is the case of Chloe Leverett and Gage Daniel out of Unionville, Tennessee. A big welcome to David and Madison for joining us over on Patreon and helping support our mission and our charity partners. We are donating through the end of the year to the Class Kids Foundation, a charity that began in honor of Polly Class and an organization that provides support to families of missing children. If anyone has any recommendations for a charity partner in the future, please send me an email at canwefindthem@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Any and all case suggestions are welcome also via email or you can hit me up on social media. So let's jump into the case of Chloe Leverett and Gage Daniel. 
Chloe was born to mom Cheryl on June 23rd, 2003 in Middle Tennessee. Cheryl had some struggles, specifically with drugs and alcohol, but tried to make things work as she absolutely loved being a mom. Sadly, Chloe's biological father would pass away and Cheryl struggled even more. Two years after Chloe was born, Cheryl gave birth to a baby boy that she named Christopher Gage Daniel. Everyone would know him as Gage, and it was soon apparent that Cheryl was just unable to continue caring for these kids. She had struggles, and she knew it. She needed to get help. So when Chloe was four years old and Gage was two, custody of the kids was given to Cheryl's parents, Molly and Leon McLaren. Molly and Leon, who went by Bubba, adored the children and took them in without hesitation. The next five years would move along fairly uneventful. Cheryl worked on getting her life back together, and Molly and Bubba continued to give Chloe and Gage a stable and loving home life. Chloe adored her role as a big sister to her brother Gage, and Gage, who was also called Buster by the family, loved being outdoors and following his grandfather everywhere he went. He adored his grandfather, Bubba. Gage was also diagnosed with Dandy Walker syndrome. Dandy Walker syndrome is a congenital condition that occurs before birth in the brain. It affects the brain development. The symptoms of this can include balance issues, poor coordination, and sometimes even developmental delays. But Gage didn't let any of this slow him down, and his sister Chloe was by his side every day. The family lived in a farmhouse in the very rural town of Unionville, Tennessee. Unionville is a very small town with just under 1,500 residents and is located about an hour south of Nashville. We'll look at that area a little more in depth shortly. In September of 2012, Chloe and Gage had started school. They were enjoying the fall weather and enjoying the time that they had outside while the weather was still nice. That month, however, the family would experience a tragedy like no other. The Disappearance On Sunday, September 23rd, Chloe and Gage were playing outside. A neighbor saw the kids playing in the yard and riding their gator, something they did quite often. Around 6.30 p.m., the kids were called inside, likely for dinner and to begin their nightly routine since it was a school night. The sun would set that day at 7.19 p.m., according to the National Weather Service, so it was likely beginning to turn to dusk and Molly and Bubba wanted the children inside. We don't know exactly what was happening in the home during the next three hours. Possibly eating dinner, taking baths, watching some television. We really don't know. What we do know is that at 9.30 p.m., the 911 dispatch for that area received a phone call of a house fire. It is unclear who called it in, and that isn't a point of contention either in this case. So before anyone speculates anything, it was likely a passerby or a neighbor that saw the fire. The fire department arrived to a house fully engulfed in flames and began fighting the fire the best they could. Unfortunately, they lacked enough water storage and would continually running out of water, needing to stop and go fill up the water truck. There were no fire hydrants on the road. And the rural location of this farmhouse really slowed down the process for the firefighters. Cheryl, the kid's mom, 
was alerted to the fire and raced to the scene. She could only watch in horror, along with some other family members, as the house burned to the ground. When it was over, the firefighters and investigators started sifting through the debris. They initially believed that everyone had likely perished in the fire. They were able to get nobody out, and they didn't see anybody outside of the home either. It was believed that Molly and Bubba, along with the kids, even their pets, had died in the fire. The next few days would involve a thorough search of the property, looking for the family and trying to determine the origin and the cause of this fire. After a long search of the rubble, the bodies of Molly and Bubba were found in the basement of the home. Also found was the family's dog, a pet poodle, and their pet bird. But no children. The search. While initially it was believed that the children perished in the fire, a new possibility arose to authorities and family. The children were not in the house. But where were they? An Amber Alert was officially issued on September 26th, three days after the deadly fire. I was curious, as generally an Amber Alert involves some very strict criteria, and there's a lot of missing children cases that never get an Amber Alert. I wasn't sure how this case was able to qualify, but each state has their own guidelines. And for the state of Tennessee, this is the criteria from the TBI website, TBI standing for Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. TBI will issue an Amber Alert when requested by a law enforcement agency when the following conditions are met. Accurate information on at least one of the following. Description of the child, description of a suspect, description of a vehicle. Child must also be 17 years of age or younger. There must be a belief that the child is in imminent danger of bodily injury or death. This is the actual Amber Alert released. This is a child abduction emergency received by the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. A Middle Tennessee Amber Alert has been issued for the Bedford County Sheriff's Office for 9-year-old Chloe Leverett and 7-year-old Gage Daniel. The children were last seen on Sunday, September 23, 2012, at approximately 6.30 p.m. by a neighbor. Chloe and Gage lived with their grandparents at 730 Kingdom Road, Unionville, Tennessee. That home was destroyed by fire on Sunday night at approximately 9.30 p.m. After an extensive five-day search, multiple fire experts have processed the scene and are unable to locate any evidence that Chloe and Gage were victims of the fire. The location of Chloe and Gage is unknown at this time. If you have any information concerning the children, please contact the TBI at 1-800-TBI-FIND. The local sheriff's office brought in experts to continue sifting through the remains of the fire. These experts included a team of professional arson investigators and forensic analysts. One team that was brought in was actually one of the expert teams that was brought in to help sift through the World Trade Center debris in New York City to look for remains and help identify and bring home those victims. These were some of the best of the best in the country. This team of experts found no remains of the children at all. The Amber Alert remained active and in fact is still active today, making it Tennessee's longest running Amber Alert. 
Searches began around the entire area. Law enforcement searched the area on foot and by air. They brought in search dogs and cadaver dogs. Nothing was found. Did the children get out of the house and run off into the woods scared? They flew helicopters overhead to look for any sign of the children below, even using heat detection devices to see if they could have been hiding somewhere scared. Could they be out there? Could they be injured? Or did someone take them? A big part of that puzzle would be if investigators can determine the cause of the fire, was it indeed arson or was it an accident? Now, most people believe after these professional investigators came through that the children were not in the house, especially with the experts that were brought in. And due to the fact that remains were found of a pet bird and a poodle, and if their remains could be found, certainly that of a 75-pound girl and a 50-pound boy would be found. There was a lot of research and studies done on what happens to a body in a fire and what is required to burn a body, and I'm not going to get into that here. In general, a temperature of around 5,000 degrees is required, and this fire in this home was just under 2,000 degrees. And because of all of that research, most people still believe that if the kids were in that house, something of them would have been found. I mean, they found the remains of a bird. If a child was in there, wouldn't they have found something? The sheriff would announce, however, that he still believed the children likely perished in the fire. However, most of the other law enforcement agencies involved said they don't believe the children were in there at all. In fact, the medical examiner came out and said the fact that they found the remains of a pet bird, they would have certainly found the children. And it was his opinion that the kids were not in the house. So then what happened? Investigators looked into every family member. Who else would have had a reason to possibly take these two children? Everyone was cleared pretty quickly and authorities were able to rule out the family. They did speak to Cheryl the kid's mother, and they spoke to Gage's father more than once and were able to rule them out. Cheryl was obviously devastated at the loss of her parents and now searching for her children. Chloe's father was deceased, and there were some other family members that they looked at, but they found no evidence that any of them had the children. It just didn't make any sense. The fire. Let's look a little closer at this fire. First of all, the main point of interest was to find out the cause of fire. Was it accidental or was it arson? That could really tell us a lot and point us in a direction. But after months of expert analysis and investigation, a cause could not be determined. They cannot say for certain whether this was an accident or arson, nor could they say how or where it started. Even 10 years later, with many, many experts looking at this evidence, the origin and cause cannot be determined. Was this because the fire took so long to put out? The grandparents, Molly and Bubba, were found together in the basement of the home, And it was also determined somehow that the basement door was open. 
Cheryl, the mother of Chloe and Gage, said her parents would have never left that basement door open and there was no reason for them to be in the basement. In fact, their bedrooms were upstairs and they slept separately for health reasons. The house did collapse, so it did make sense that Bubba was in the basement because his bedroom was right above, but she couldn't figure out what Molly was doing in the basement. Why were they in the basement together? Had the fire possibly started there and they ran downstairs to check it out? Authorities also noted that there were upwards of about 30 propane tanks in the basement. Of course, this raised a lot of red flags for a lot of different reasons as to the cause of the fire, or did this make it worse? But investigators said that propane tanks are generally safe, and if they cause a fire, it usually burns out really quickly. Apparently, Bubba had these propane tanks because of his job, but I don't have any more details other than that. Did someone know that these propane tanks were down there? Or did a fire just start and those propane tanks somehow aggravated the situation? The fire began around 9.30 p.m. at night. And those that knew the family said the children would have been in bed by then, and possibly Molly and Bubba would have been too. But it is early enough to believe that they could have been awake also. The fire completely consumed the house and took quite a while to put out. Sadly, Cheryl lost her parents that day, and in one way or another, she lost her two children as well. The tragedy that the family has to endure is impossible to imagine. It's beyond heartbreaking. Unionville, Tennessee. The fire happened on September 23rd, 2012, in a rural part of Tennessee, a small town known as Unionville. Unionville, Tennessee is located in Bedford County in about an hour south of Nashville. Unionville has a population of just under 1,500 residents. Locals have spoke highly of the family, especially Bubba. He was from that area and his family was known to a lot of people. One Unionville resident said that it's not like a lot of small towns where everyone knows everyone and everyone socializes together. They said that most people actually keep to themselves and each family's community is more likely to be their church or their school instead of the township boundaries. Which is interesting, but I feel a lot of places might be like that. There isn't much to Unionville at all. A beautiful landscape, some houses, churches, and a couple of schools seems to be an area that blends in with other nearby small towns as well. It's about nine miles from the Henry Horton State Park where you can go hiking, swimming, golfing, sport shooting, and fishing. You can travel an hour to the north-northwest. You will find Nashville, and an hour or so to the south-southeast will put you in Chattanooga. Similar cases. The case of the Sodder children is well known to many. On Christmas Eve, 1945, the Sodder family farmhouse caught fire. In the home were George Sodder and his wife Jenny and nine of their ten children. George and Jenny were able to get out of the house along with four of their children before the house collapsed and burned to the ground. 
It was initially believed that the five children died in that fire. But again, after lengthy searches, nothing was found. It's a case that has people divided on what could have happened. Now, the investigation at that time wasn't great. And in 1945, there was limited knowledge on fires and investigating these cases. There was a lot of rumors of cover-ups and incompetency within law enforcement at that time as well. George and Jenny both believed that the children were not in the home, however, because of some unusual circumstances. There were some crazy things that had been happening to the family beforehand. George and his wife suspected arson, leading to theories that the children had been taken by the Sicilian Mafia. George was actually from Italy and was very outspoken and critical of the fascist government in Italy where he was from. Because of this, he had made a fair share of enemies in the area. Through the years, there would be some random sightings of what some believed was the missing Sodder children. Yet to this day, it remains a mystery. Did all five of those children perish in the fire? Was the fire set in retaliation to George and his beliefs? The case of Loria Bible and Ashley Freeman also comes to mind. Lori was spending the night at her friend Ashley's home in Welch, Oklahoma, on the night of December 29, 1999. That day was Ashley's 16th birthday. Around 5.30 a.m. on December 30th, a passerby called 911 to report a fire at the Freeman home. Firefighters arrived and were able to put out the fire, finding the bodies of Danny and Kathy Freeman, Ashley's parents. It was discovered that they did not die as a result of the fire, however, but they had both been shot. The girls were nowhere to be found. In 2018, Ronnie Busick was arrested and charged with the murder of Danny and Kathy. He pled guilty in 2020 to their murder and to setting their home on fire, along with the abduction of the two girls. However, to this day, the girls' whereabouts remain a mystery and Ronnie isn't talking. Like any unsolved case, we are left with a lot of questions. For one, who out there might have wanted to harm the McLarens and take the kids? What kind of motive might there be? No one involved in the case or that knows this family can think of any, or at least they haven't come forward with any. Second, it would be extremely helpful to determine the cause of the fire. Was this arson or accidental? That will make a huge difference. I've seen many documentaries and shows where fire investigators have to determine a cause, and they almost always can, even with very little to work with. It's always so surprising and impressive to me what they can find out by investigating the remnants of a fire. I did look up statistics to see how often fires are labeled as undetermined cause, and I was surprised to find that it is 18 to 20 percent of fires. So I guess it's not unusual at all, not as I would have thought anyway. If the children were indeed in the home, how were they not found when a tiny pet bird was found and identified? This story is really, really baffling and beyond sad and tragic for Cheryl and other family members. Are Chloe and Gage still out there? Did someone abduct them 
to raise as their own? Cheryl has stated that she hopes and prays her children are alive and well out there and whoever did take them is taking good care of them. The Amber Alert for Chloe and Gage remains active to this day and is Tennessee's longest running Amber Alert. Age progression photos have also been released to the public. What do you think could have happened to Chloe Leverett and Christopher Gage Daniel? Chloe was nine years old when she was last seen in 2012. She would today be 19. She is described as a Caucasian female, brown hair and hazel eyes. She was four foot eight inches tall and weighed around 75 pounds when she was last seen. Gage was seven years old when he was last seen. Today, Gage would be 17 years old. He is described as a Caucasian male, four foot tall, and he weighed around 50 pounds when he was last seen. Anyone with any information on the case of Chloe and Gage is asked to contact the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation at 1-800-824-3463. It's always really difficult in the case of children because they grow and change so much in a short amount of time. The Center for Missing and Exploited Kids does a great job with working to get age progression photos out there on these missing kids, but it's never going to be an exact science. Please continue to share Chloe and Gage's stories. There is a possibility that answers are out there, and their mother has waited over 10 years to get some of those answers. Someone out there might just know something. Thank you so much for listening to Chloe and Gage's stories today. If you appreciate the coverage, please consider giving us a five-star rating on your podcast platform as it will help the show reach more people. I invite any and all case suggestions as well. You can reach me on social media. Links are always in the show notes, or you can search for the Where Are They podcast, or send me an email at any time at canwefindthem at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who has continued to support our show over on Patreon. Part three of our Missing in Yellowstone series is coming up tomorrow. If you're interested in joining us over there, you can find the link in our show notes. And again, our charity partner through the end of the year will be the Class Kids Foundation. Keep an eye on social media as we will be sharing more information about them and how you can get involved and help if you want to. Thank you all so, so much for tuning into the show today. We will be back again very soon with another unsolved missing person case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.